From my dining table or my living room couch, and sometimes even my bedroom, this is Soon to Be Esquire, the podcast. I'm your host, Madison Tory. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Soon to Be Esquire. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I'm extremely excited to get into this episode. So for this episode of Soon to Be Esquire, we are going to be talking about, actually, this is a two-part series, another two-part series of the season. And this series is going to focus on basically summer opportunities during your law school career, as well as potential job opportunities once you graduate from law school. So for this episode, I am going to be focusing on my experiences and what I've done to get my summer opportunities this past summer and this upcoming summer. And then for the second episode, I'm actually having my school's career advisor to go ahead and share all of her tips and advice that she has all of the success that she's seen with that she has seen with students, but also um, she's going to also share some of the things that you know some student the things that students have done that um, did not necessarily help their chances in um, attaining a summer opportunity and you know an opportunity employment opportunity after graduation. And I think this topic is extremely important, obviously, because when you go to law school, you're not just going to law school to go to school. You're not like a professional student um, who just does undergrad, chooses to do law school, maybe wants to get a master's degree. And then it's like, oh, you know what, I'm going to get my medical degree and trying to do X, Y, and Z. Um, That's not really the point of law school. The point is to basically help students become um, legal thinkers. And if you want to become an attorney, obviously that's the main route people take, but there's also other opportunities that you can do, um, other avenues that you can take with your Juris Doctorate degree. And so I am today, I'm going to mainly be focusing on the path of basically becoming an attorney because that's something that I do want to pursue as the name of the podcast is soon to be Esquire. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on for today. So basically what I'm going to be talking about is when I first got into law school, what were some of the things going on in my head, how I was concerned about getting a summer opportunity after my 1L year and what exactly I did to get that, how my experience was. And then I'm basically going to be doing the same thing for as a 2L now. So going into 2L year, what was my head? How was my perspective surrounding internships, externships, all of those things, what I did and what I am hoping will come out of the summer, but also what I'm hoping to gain from my experience at the law firm that I'm going to be working at this summer. So I am so incredibly excited to go ahead and get into this with y'all. So first, I want to talk about, as a 1L, going into the first semester, 
what basically what I, w- I was thinking at the time. And so I, I was mainly just concerned with classes. And it wasn't until, um, bef- it was before midterms, I would say, probably a week or two before midterms. Um, that's when I started to seriously get concerned more about summer opportunities and thinking of how I was going to apply, where did I want to apply, what areas of law were something that I would be interested in. So it, basically, I was a wide open book, and I think most 1Ls are after Basically, as you start law school and definitely after your first semester, because during your first year as a student, those are just your foundational classes. And typically, you don't pick what classes you want. There aren't really electives that you take. You mainly take your constitutional law course, your civil procedure course, um, your torts class, your criminal law class, all of these different and contracts class and all of these different things now. I definitely think it's possible for one of those classes to provide you some type of interest. Um, For me, it was definitely my contract course. It mainly had to do with my professor. He was an amazing professor and he helped kind of guide me and help me figure out what I wanted to do. And he was previously an employment attorney, employment law attorney. And then my criminal law professor, he really is like an intellectual property expert. And so uh, I would suggest if there's any classes that interest you, or maybe if it's not the classes itself that interest you, if you're able to connect with your professors at all, that's something that definitely helped me. And so the first thing I did basically when trying to figure out um, this whole career thing with law school, the first thing I did, I think it was actually the third or fourth week of of law school the first semester, I went to career services. And when I got there, I went ahead and asked like, hey, I'd like to meet with my career advisor. Could you tell me who that is? They told me who it was. And so I met with her and we walked through my resume. And so once we got to the resume, um, she was saying, okay, these are all the things that you need. These are all the things that you don't need. At that time, I think my my resume, it was one page and it was almost two pages, but um, I just had to take away some things um, from from the resume that weren't needed. So a lot of a lot of the time, I, I think um, I know I was worried when I was thinking about applying to a lot of places for the summer. I was worried like, OK, I don't have so many legal experiences um, on my resume. It just talks about everything, basically. Your resume is going to be the same when you got into law school until after your 1L year and when you're able to list more organizations and different activities that you've been a part of. Once you're actually done with your 1L year and then when you get into your second year of law school. But your resume is basically the exact same after your first semester, maybe you'll put down an organization that you just joined, but there's not really going to be anything different on, on there from when you applied to law school with it. And so I was just worried because I thought at the time, well, if I'm applying to these positions, there's going to be two else applying to the positions. 
maybe part-time students that are applying to the, the positions who, you know, have been in law school for three years now going into their fourth year. And I was just like, oh, they have more experience. They have more experience. Once again, creating this comparison in my head that I did not need. <laughs> but that was something I was worried about. And the career advisor, she just definitely reminded me that, okay, you know, these law firms, these legal organizations and clinics, they're not expecting one else to have that sort of experience at all. Basically for the reasons that I I just mentioned. I mean, your resume is the exact same from when you apply to law school. Your experiences are still going to be the same. They're not going to change quite much within the short time that you've had from applying to actually beginning law school. You're having your foundational classes. You're truly learning how it is to now begin to think as an attorney. And that was something that I definitely needed to hear. And honestly, it just makes sense. It definitely makes sense. So after I met with her, I was completely fine. She was like, hey, there's no point of even looking at any opportunities right now. It's there's so much time. It wasn't even midterms um, season at that time yet. Wasn't even exam season. And here I was stressing myself out for no reason. So I would say if you are going, if you're going to be starting your one whole year soon, don't get too worried and crazy about um, those things at all, at all when it comes to your summer opportunity after your 1L year. Definitely wait until you're done with exams. And I think that was the best advice that um, my career advisor gave to me. She was just saying, you know, hey, wait until exams are over. Take a minute, breathe, enjoy time with your family. And towards the end of December, the beginning of January and February, that's the time when you truly start applying to opportunities. Now, for me, once I heard her say that, I was like, okay, cool. And when I was actually done with exams, I immediately started searching and applying for summer opportunities. So right after my first semester, I and I think it kind of adds to why I was so burnt out going into the second semester as well. And my motivation was definitely depleted was because of this reason was because I didn't truly take time to enjoy being with my family, relaxing with friends, things of that nature, because I was just like, I'm getting a job. And that's, (laughs) that is it. And so I went home, started researching and I created a little Excel spreadsheet. I was like, here are the firms, here are the organizations, here are the clinics if I'm applying to those. And then I, was, I had, here's the contact information. Here's the deadline. Um, have I applied? Yes or no. How much are they going to be offering? Um, have I had an interview? Yes or no. Uh, does this require a cover letter? Does this require an essay? Does this require, require a writing sample? And so I, I had all of that in my Excel spreadsheet. And I just really got into it and I started applying. And I, bless... <laughs> my career advisor's heart because I know I probably annoyed her during that time in December because I was emailing her. I was like, Hey, this is what it looks like. Hey, this is what it looks like. Here's my cover letter for this position. Here's my cover letter for this position. And she helped me so much and continued to edit my work and really helped me out. Even asked me some questions so I could prepare for interviews. But when it came to that time, I applied to so many places. I I think I... 
this is going to go for so for so many other law students as well. Um, I applied to so many places, probably heard back from half of the places I applied to, um, just because most of the time the law firms, a lot of the attorneys, obviously they're busy. Their own, their job isn't necessarily just to be in recruiting, but it's to actually practice law. And so if they do take time, if that certain law firm or organization does not have a designated person to do all of their recruiting, then typically it's their attorneys that do that. And so um, you're not always going to get an email back saying, thank you for applying. However, we're going in a different direction. You're definitely not going to always get those emails. However, um, half of the time you will. (laughs) So the other half, you're most likely never going to hear from those law firms again. And that is completely okay. Um, So I I definitely applied to a lot. I applied to more. It was more than 20 opportunities. And I heard back from, let's just say 10. Yeah, I heard back from 10 of them. And of the 10 I heard back from, eight of them were saying, thank you so much, but um, we're going to go in a different direction. Two of them were interested in me. Thank goodness. (laughs) And I did an interview with both of those places and with one of the places, obviously that's where I was working for the summer. And I, I would say, I think the best thing I did for myself was to do that during December and not have it done in January or February. So I was able to focus on my classes because now comparing it to where I am now, I applied in January and February. I did some in December, but I applied in January and February, and that definitely took away time from my schoolwork. And so if you are okay with spending your time while, you know, while your family, while they're working, you know, from nine to five or whatever, or just for a few hours each day, just put in that time because you're you're not going to be doing anything. I know me, most of the day I was not doing anything. And so I was just relaxing with my nieces and nephew, hanging out with them. And so the times that everyone else was at work, that's when I would be applying to these opportunities. And I would really suggest that you do that rather than waiting until February, March to apply because you want to make sure that you're dedicating all of your energy and effort into your schoolwork. And I know for me now, April, this is exam season. My study, my, my study schedule has just started last week. And I am, or was it Monday? Actually, no, it was this week, Monday. Oh my gosh, my days are off. Study brain, y'all, study brain. Exam season, study brain. It is real. I thought today was Thursday. I really was thrown off. I logged on to Zoom and everything, ready for class. And yeah, threw me off a bit. Anyways, um, I would highly suggest just doing it in December. Obviously, if you, you know, take some time off to relax and enjoy because it's definitely needed. But y'all, it does not take too much time out of an entire day to apply to these opportunities. I will say it is tedious because, you know, creating cover letters for each of these positions, you know, that's something you definitely want to spend your energy and time on to, and to make sure that it is unique for each position. 
Ooh, because that's another thing, (laughs) y'all. If you do it too quickly, definitely please take your time. If you do it too quickly, you're going to end up writing a cover letter. And I have been guilty of this. I have done this two, three times now. Um, And it happens this year where I did a whole cover letter. And it it was definitely personal to each of these firms. But I forgot to change like, oh, the law firm's name with the previous law firm that I applied to using that same cover letter. (laughs) Just please take your time, read over it again and again and again. If you have to underline where you put certain law firm's names, italicize it, put it in bold, highlight it, whatever it is you need to do when you're adding these personal elements to your cover letter, please do that because as soon as they see that cover letter, number one, you're not getting a response back. Number two, that's all they need to see. If they see after reading that first paragraph and that second paragraph, third sentence, you say a different law firm's name and it's addressed to the law firm that you are applying to, your application is going to the trash, okay? You can come back from it, but um, it's definitely going in the trash. I will say that. So just please take your time when it comes to these cover letters and That's definitely what I did my first year during December. Like I said, I just took the time to do it. And when it came to my writing sample, um, I used my writing sample that I just got back from my lawyering skills class. So basically everyone has this class during their first semester and you have a writing project Most people use that as their writing sample because it's the perfect amount of page numbers. Um, You're talking about a topic that you still have memory of. So whenever the interview comes and they maybe are asking about it, you can give them answers to it. You'll have enough time between the application date and from when your professor sees it. And hopefully you'll have a grade back by this time to kind of maybe edit some things in your paper a bit and that's something that helped me as well because that was one of the first grades we got back and we actually finished that class earlier than my other classes and so I was finally able to meet with her and ask like hey I want to use this as a writing sample are there any areas that I should fix I read your review and your feedback from it Just let me know how everything's going so I can fix X, Y, and Z. And I did that, and it definitely was a good writing sample. And I still use that writing sample um, every now and then. I know first semester, second year, I was still using that writing sample. And over the summer, too, when I was applying to some scholarships as well, I was definitely still using that writing sample. Now the writing sample I use is from this past summer and um, creating a brief for them and creating a memo for them. That's something that I use now. But anyways, so going into second semester, I already knew. I'm like, great. I interviewed with them by December. What was it? December 21st, I think I had my interview or it might have been after Christmas. I think it was after Christmas when I had my interview with the firm And then by then, I was just like, okay, great. I got a call back saying I got the position. And so I already knew that that's where I was going to be for the summer. 
And so once I accepted it, it honestly felt like there was so much weight lifted off of my shoulders. Um, Just because I think, um, for me, I was so concerned with that. You know, yes, I had good grades after the first semester, but I, once again, it's this comparison and I can be so guilty of it sometimes. So incredibly guilty of comparing myself to others. Um, just in this law school place in the legal field because of the whole curve. And there is a competitive nature. And it's like, oh, you're not a part of this organization. Oh, you are a part of this organization. And um, because of certain prerequisites that you have to have to get into some of the organizations, I think for many of us, we can definitely get caught up in the competitive nature of law school, which can extend into other areas of our life, like applying to some positions. And it's like, well, yeah, these employers, they care that you do have extracurricular activities and that you have joined some organizations just because they want to make sure that you have expanded yourself enough to where you've explored enough areas so you can kind of have an idea of what is it that you actually want to do. Obviously, as an incoming attorney, once you graduate law school, you're still going to be exploring those areas. But for you as a law school graduate, as you just finished your 1L year, your 2L year, um, it's important that you kind of have some idea of, um, you know, what you're interested in, but more, most importantly, what you're not interested in. And I think um, that's what's really important as well. So um, going into second semester of the first year, I was able to just focus on my classes. And thankfully, I did the work in December to where January came around. I was definitely not stressed about applying to opportunities. I wasn't stressed about OCIs. I will say, though, I would recommend um, whenever OCIs come around on campus interviews, I would say you still should apply to them just so you can kind of um, get an idea of what other firms out there are like. And I think that's really important. You should understand what the work culture is at various organizations. And so interviewing with these places is some of the best ways to do that. And doing informational interviews is another great way to do that as well. But also, if you choose to, um, the next summer after your 2 year, if you go choose to go somewhere else instead of the first um, firm that you were at or, or organization that you were at, you're able to kind of reach back to some of the people and say, hey, you remember, I know we connected sometime last year or a few months ago with OCIs on campus. I had a great interview with you. I love to talk about X, Y, and Z. It's a great way. It's a great networking opportunity um, and to also stay connected with those people. And um, I would say still take advantage of that. Obviously, um, after the interview, you know, send a thank you note. If they do offer you, you, if they do extend an offer to you, just politely decline it. And it's definitely not rude in any way. You just need to do it in a timely and a respectful manner. Um, but I think it's just a great way for people to network still, even if you do have your summer opportunity lined up. So 
that was what applying for my 1L opportunity was like for me. Going into the summer, I will say, me, I, I get extremely, I get nervous, y'all, and I get anxious. Not necessarily in a bad way, but it's usually, it's usually always a good thing. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited, but I don't want to do bad. I'm so excited, but I hope I don't let anybody down. I'm so excited, but. So it's always this but thing that, that gets me whenever I'm about to embark on something new. And that, and it go, it happens for so many other things as well. And it's especially, it especially happens when, um, I am getting ready to interview. I am getting ready to, um, start the new position that I already accepted an offer for. And something that, um, Joshua told me, I always just have to remember, I'm like, okay, there's no reason to even doubt your abilities because the employer didn't doubt your abilities. You know, they accepted you for a reason. They didn't extend this offer to see you fail because if you fail, guess what? The work that they intended for you to do, it's not going to get done either way. And basically just reassuring that, okay, you're completely capable, not just because you think you're capable, but you wouldn't have been selected if you weren't capable. And so going into into the summer, I was definitely nervous, but um, reassured myself. And as I started to get into the work, I'm like, okay, this is something that I'm definitely capable of doing. And I think for for me, and maybe it is for some of you, you all as well, but for me, I'm like, okay, because I haven't done this before, I can automatically think like, well, I haven't done it before. I don't have any experience in it before, in, in it ever. So I'm thinking I might not be good at it or I might be slow at it. That was another thing I was so worried about. I was so worried that I was going to be slow at some of the work and just getting this work product back or meeting it at a certain level as to where they would be like, yeah, you know, thanks for being here this summer. Good luck in your future endeavors. Um, And that's definitely not what happened. But it's definitely just the learning curve, just like going into law school, going into college, um, starting a new business, starting a podcast. It all is going to be something new. And you never know, you might never know what's going to be around the corner or truly what you're going to be doing. But you just kind of have to take that leap of faith and know that, okay, you are qualified because if you weren't qualified, why why were you selected to do it in the first place? So that's something I, I always remind myself. And the summer was amazing, y'all. It was amazing. It was a great learning opportunity. And I think even even the the law firm, it was my first day and they were explaining to me like, hey, you know, this is what we're expecting of you. This is what, like we're not expecting this from you. But the purpose of this summer is to basically teach you. It's definitely a learning summer. And um, from this, you'll be able to build on, build onto and use this as an experience and um, build off of it for your second summer. And I think once I heard that from the law firm, I was like, okay, this makes sense now. Like, yes, y'all know that I haven't done this before. Thank you for saying that. So you're not expecting me 
to do what a 2L would do or what a 3L would do. You're just, you're teaching me basically is what it is. And so I completely felt comfortable with all of the work that I was doing. I felt comfortable with the feedback that I was getting, all of the critique. And I I definitely loved also reaching out to the various attorneys and working with them because I was able to learn so much and, and um, not just with the type of work that I was doing, whether it be um, appellate work or trial work or discovery, whatever it was, I appreciated, but also what it was like to work with different um, work styles. And so I think the biggest lesson that I learned over the summer was number one, I'm so glad that uh, I worked with the people that I did because it just showed me that, yes, this is something that I definitely want to do. Um, It definitely confirmed that for me. And two, another big lesson that I learned was there's so many different types of work styles out there. And so for me from the summer, I was able to truly understand that person working here may want all of the specific details. However, another another supervising attorney that you work for, maybe they want less details. Maybe they just want you to say, hey, all right, I got the work, but hey, you don't need to reach out to me until the work is completed. Just send it to me and I'm going to send you my feedback. And another attorney might want you to give them a summary, a weekly summary or a daily summary of where you are with everything. And I think for me, that was something I definitely had to get used to because at first I was just expecting um, everyone's style to basically be the same. And so I applied that same work style from one attorney to the next two until I got some feedback saying, hey, could you actually provide me with some more detail? Or, hey, could you provide me with some less detail about this? Um, And that's something that I definitely appreciated And also kind of getting some clues and trying to pay attention to how I would be able to pick up on these learning styles before other these other supervising attorneys would have to mention something to me. So from the email that I got from the attorney by how much detail they would put in the email or if they didn't put enough in the detail was kind of me feeding off of them like, okay, I I understand what they're expecting when it comes to communication. Um, so that was something that I also really learned from the summer as well as what I was interested in and what I wasn't interested in. I was, I'm extremely surprised y'all that I'm so interested in transactional work. I definitely did not think I was going to be interested in transitional work at all. I thought I was just going to be interested in the litigation aspect of it all. And I love both. I truly enjoy both. And so the classes that I that I take, it kind of shows shows that on both sides. So intellectual property, it's typically more transactional and so is in employment law. But with some of the activities that I'm currently in, like being a part of the advocacy center and working on the mediation and negotiation team, that's something that where I'm able to kind of connect back to my mock trial roots and see, okay, this is what it looks like um, in practice. And so it's, it's extremely exciting to see that I have an interest in both, but also even more exciting is to see 
how I can actually do both of these things, which is amazing. So that's how my basically when else summer went, it was amazing. Like I said, I learned so much, extremely grateful for that. And so going into two L year, well, my one L summer was in back home in Florida. And as y'all know, I want to be in Dallas, Texas. And so going into the second, second year, um, I was like, okay, everything I do, it has to be intentional and with the purpose of basically gaining Dallas firm's attention and trying to make sure that I am networking with Dallas because I've networked so much here in New Orleans. The New Orleans legal community is truly amazing. Um, and there are so many connections back to Texas um, through the community. But I needed to do m- more work basically to get to what I um, to get to what I wanted and what I'm hoping to gain after graduation as well. And so typically what happens usually during your 1L summer, after your 1L year, during that summer, um, it's usually towards the middle and end, usually in July and August, is when applications start to open up for your 2L summer. And it's extremely early. Um, And you apply to those law firms and you usually know by September, October, what your summer opportunity is going to be. Basically, so by the end of the first semester of your 2L year, you know where you're going to be. But obviously, because of COVID, things happen. There were several firms that didn't know if they were going to have another summer um, for this coming this coming year or if, or they just didn't have one this past summer because of COVID. And so everything basically got pushed back um, to towards like the end of the fall semester to the beginning of spring semester. And so OCIs basically like just, they just happened. And typically for 2Ls, they'll happen the beginning, the very beginning of fall semester, like right when you get back, that's when it's happening. And so it happened for us kind of like the normal time, how it happened last year, which was January, February time for OCIs with everyone else. So one else, two L's and three L's. Um, But with everything that happened, I think it was actually a good thing because if I would have had to apply for those opportunities while everything was going on back home with my mom and then, you know, working at the firm, that would have been way too much for me. And I think I would have missed out on some great opportunities as well. So I'm kind, I'm definitely grateful that everything had to be pushed back because of it, even though all the tragedy that happened. So going into 2L year, like I said, I had the intentions of making that everything I do, everything that I did and continue to do was for the purpose of targeting myself towards Dallas, Texas. And that's definitely something I did. Every single opportunity that I applied for, it had something to do with Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, or Houston, Texas. And but mainly Dallas and Fort Worth. Obviously, Dallas being number one, but uh, mainly those those two things. And so, 
um, I applied to so many places, y'all, so many places. I did my Excel spreadsheet again. And once the semester was over, I, you know, at this time I was still in Illinois and dealing with my mom, my mom as well at the time. And so I was trying to apply to some places. I definitely did apply to some places, but then I was, I had to drive back home to Florida and prepare some things and make sure everything was good. And then with my little sister as well. And so I was kind of just extending myself with all of these different things. And I didn't really have a lot of time to really sit down and apply to these places. And so I wasn't able to actually do that until mid-January. And um, at that time, you know, classes already started again. So after Martin Luther King Jr. Day, that's when I started truly applying to places. And I got so many rejection letters back, y'all. Of course, I didn't hear from most of them because like I said, half of them you apply to, you will not hear from them. Um, But the other half that I did hear from, they're like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. But no, (laughs) no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No. And a large part of that was because I did not have connections to Dallas or Texas at all on my resume. Out of all the experiences that I have, there was nothing in there referencing Dallas, Texas. So, and I knew that. And so um, something that I worked extremely hard on was my cover letters. I definitely had to explain why I was interested in Dallas, Texas, why I love the area, why I intend on making it my home, um, why I'll be preparing for the bar there, um, all of these different things, just because is it more difficult for you to practice in a state that you necessarily don't have any connection to, and that's not in the state that you are attending law school? Yes, it is difficult. However, it's not impossible. And the law firm that I'll be working for this summer, this upcoming summer, y'all, they actually gave me a rejection letter first. I applied. I did everything. They sent me a a rejection letter. I was like, okay. But I didn't get it until I actually had an informational interview. So I reached out to an attorney at the law firm. And I really, y'all, I was dying to work at this firm because I was like, this is the type of culture, this is the type of work culture that I want to be in. This is the entire type of environment that I could truly see myself being in after graduation, actually practicing law. And so it made me extremely excited. And I definitely wanted to reach out to this firm because I loved their morals and their values. And they were one of the very rare um, law firms in the area in the Dallas area that I found that actually made a statement about black lives that made a statement about, um, Asian hate and COVID and all of these things. I was like, Oh my gosh, what? This is rare. R A R E in all caps. And, um, once I found that I kind of just knew, I was like, yeah, this is, this is the place that I truly want to be at. And so I was like, no matter what, I need to make sure I'm here. I need to make sure I'm here. And so I reached out to one of the attorneys there, amazing person. 
And I just emailed her. I'm like, hey, uh, I am interested in applying to the program. Here's my materials. But mainly I'd love to do an informational interview because I was reading, you know, obviously I did my research. So I looked her up on LinkedIn. I saw her education profile on the firm's website. And I was like, oh, I see you went from uh, Colorado undergrad in Colorado law to now working in Texas. I'd love to know more about that. I'm here in Louisiana and I I basically want to do the same. I want to work in Texas. Can you, I'd love to talk more about this. You're, I'm some, I'm interested in the practice area that you, you're currently in right now. I'd love to talk more about that. And so we had an informational interview and I got to ask her so many questions and, um, just a truly genuine, amazing woman. And she was telling me some of her experiences as an attorney, as a black attorney, black woman attorney as well. And so we were also able to connect on that level. And it's extremely rare, you know, for you to find another um, woman of color attorney. And so I was extremely lucky to find her. And I reached out. And the day the informational interview happened is when I got my rejection letter from the law firm. And I didn't know until the, until the, I, I was done asking her questions and our conversation was over and I looked at it, I was like oh man but you know I was like maybe we'll see she said she'll pass it on and stuff and so she passed on my materials and I got an email about a week after that saying hey we'd love to interview you interviews took place and I was just like what that is crazy that is crazy 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 because basically the first thing on my resume the first thing on my cover letter is my address, my Louisiana address. And what I did hear from my career advisor was like, hey, you know, basically this is standard on all, all of the resumes and cover letters is for, you know, you to have your address and contact information on there. But what I learned is that, hey, if they see you're basically out of the state and if you have no connections to the state, you don't have an address in the state or the city, you know, they're not really going to give you any time of day. And it, it definitely made some sense. But I, I'm mentioning this because I think um, it's important to do to do the work. And so after all the interviews, I was extremely surprised. But they offered, um, they extended an offer to me, which I accepted. And I'll be in Dallas, Texas, working at the firm. And I'm extremely excited about it. Um I think I'm, number one, I'm excited to work at this particular firm because this is the one that, um, like I said, I love their values. I love their morals. And that's something extremely important to me is to be in an environment of people where I'm able to feel comfortable with, um, but also with so many people who have so many different perspectives, so many different life experiences, um, but we're able to come together and offer various, you know, different solutions to help whatever the law firm's clients are, whatever their needs are. And um, that's just something that I truly love about the firm. But then also, too, I'm excited about it because of the work that I put in to basically get the offer, to be extended an offer as well. And so me being rejected, me applying to so obviously more than 20 it was more I'm pretty sure it was 50 something places I applied to y'all in Texas 
And um, after after all of that, I think for me, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. I could actually see myself in another year at graduation. And then in a few more months in August and hearing back another month or so after that, once I actually am able to pass the bar, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can actually see myself practicing law, which is crazy, y'all. It is crazy. But I think that's truly why I was excited about it It was because, yeah, there were obstacles, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. You know, like you really have to put that work in. And I don't think I truly understood what, um, what that kind of meant, at least when it went professionally. Um, whenever people be like, you're going to get so many no's, all of this and that, but you have to find a way to get that yes, or you, you have to create your own table, whatever it is. You know, there's so many sayings out there, but it wasn't until that I like legit got all the no's, got all the no's, okay, all the no's possible. And then I was just like, okay, you know what? We're going to do something different rather than the typical application. I'm like, yeah, I am. We're going to do something different. And so I think I'm I'm happy with with that as well. And so I would definitely just I would I want to share this because I think it's important, of course, for people of color who are interested in the legal field. You're going to probably get even more no's, even more no's than most people. Um, but you have to just go out and create a yes for yourself. So that's something that I just wanted to share with y'all. So I'm extremely excited about going into the summer because from the summer, I want to expand on what I did last summer and really use that experience and show show the firm that um, I can be the best summer associate ever. So <laughs> I am looking forward to the summer. And I cannot wait for everything that's going to happen within these short months. I'm also excited for the fall because today I actually just interviewed for an externship for a federal, yeah, for a federal judge clerkship. Super excited about that. Um, waiting on the news and the results from that, which of course I'm going to share with you all, good or bad. Um, but yeah, I did that interview today. It went extremely well. I was so nervous for it, y'all. I'm always nervous for interviews, but um, it went it went well. And like I said, I'll just share with y'all what happened. But anyways, thank you all so much for listening. I'm excited about part two with our very special guest um, and our first attorney to be featured on the podcast. Crazy excited about that um, on the next episode. So part two of the career series. And we are going to get into some great details about how to be a great summer associate, how to get other um, opportunities as well, not just during the summer, but during the fall and the spring as well. And to just utilize the resources that the law schools, um, what these law schools offer you. So anyways, you all, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And
and I will catch y'all on the next episode.